when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost Lord Jesus. Stately, plump, buck bargain. All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by Caitlin O'Keefe. I wonder, was he satisfied with me? One thing I didn't like, his slapping me behind, going away so familiarly in the hall. Though I laughed, I'm not a horse or an ass, am I? I suppose he was thinking of his father. I wonder, is he awake thinking of me or dreaming? Am I in it? Who gave him that flower he said he brought? He smelt of some kind of drink. Not whiskey or stout or perhaps the sweetie kind of paste they stick their bills up with some liqueur. I'd like to sip those rich-looking green and yellow expensive drinks those stage door Johnny's drink with the opera hat. I tasted one with my finger dipped out of that American that had the squirrel talking stamps with father. He had all he could do to keep himself from falling asleep after the last time we took the port and potted meat. It had a fine, salty taste, yes, because I felt lovely and tired myself and fell asleep as sound as a top the moment I popped straight into bed, till that thunder woke me up as if the world was coming to an end. God be merciful to us, I thought the heavens were coming down, about to punish, when I blessed myself and said a Hail Mary, like those awful thunderbolts in Gibraltar. And they come and tell you there's no God. What could you do if it was running and rushing about? Nothing. Only make an act of contrition. The candle I lit that evening in Whitefriars Street Chapel for the month of May. See, it brought its luck. Though he'd scoff if he heard, because he never goes to church, mass, or meeting. He says, your soul... You have no soul inside, only gray matter, because he doesn't know what it is to have one. Yes, when I lit the lamp. Yes, because he must have come three or four times with that tremendous big red brute of a thing he has. I thought the vein or whatever the dickens they call it was going to burst, though his nose is not so big. After I took off all my things with the blinds down, after my hours dressing and perfuming and combing, it's like an iron or some kind of thick crowbar standing all the time. He must have eaten oysters, I think a few dozen. He was in great singing voice. No, I never in all my life felt anyone had one the size of that to make you feel full up. He must have eaten a whole sheep after. What's the idea, making us like that, with a big hole in the middle of us, like a stallion dragging it up into you, because that's all they want out of you, with that determined, vicious look in his eye. I had to half shut my eyes. Still, he hasn't such a tremendous amount of spunk in him, when I made him pull it out and do it on me, considering how big it is. So much the better, in case any of it wasn't washed out properly. The last time they let him finish it in me. Nice invention they made for a woman for him to get all the pleasure. But if someone gave them a touch of it themselves, they'd know what I went through with Millie. Nobody would believe cutting her teeth too. And Mina Purefoy's husband, give us a swing out of your whiskers, filling her up with a child or twins, once a year as regular as a clock. Always with the smell of children off her, the one they called Budgers with the shock of hair on it. Jesus jacked the child as a black. The last time I was there, a squad of them falling over one another and bawling. You couldn't hear your ear. Supposed to be healthy, not satisfied till they have a swollen out like elephants, or I don't know what. Supposing I risked having another. Not of him, though. 
Still, if he was married, I'm sure he'd have a fine, strong child. But I don't know. Paldy has more spunk in him. Yes, that'd be awfully jolly. I suppose it was meeting Josie Powell in the funeral and thinking about me and Boylan set him off. Well, he can think what he likes now, if it, that'll do him any good. I know they were spooning a bit when they came on the scene. He was dancing and sitting out with her the night of Georgina Simpson's housewarming, and then he wanted to ram it down my neck on account of not liking to see her wallflower. That was why we had the stand-up row over politics. He began it, not me, when he said about our Lord being a carpenter. At last, he made me cry, of course, a woman was so sensitive about everything. I was fuming with myself after, for giving in, only for I knew he was gone on me. And the first socialist, he said, he was. He annoyed me so much, I couldn't put him into a temper. Still, he knows a lot of mixed up things, especially about the body and the insides. I often wanted to study up about myself, what we have inside us, and that family physician. I could always hear his voice talking when the room was crowded and watch him. After that, I pretended I had a coolness with her over him because he used to be a bit on the jealous side. Whenever he asked, who are you going to? And I said, over to Flowey. And he made me the present of Lord Byron's poems and the three pairs of gloves. So that finished that. I could quite easily get him to make it up any time. I know how I'd even. Supposing he got in with her again and was going out to see her somewhere, I'd know. If he refused to eat the onions, I know plenty of ways. Ask him to tuck down the collar of my blouse or touch him with my veil and gloves on going out. One kiss then would send them all spinning, however. All right, we'll see then. Let him go to her. She, of course, would only be too delighted to pretend she's mad in love with him. That I wouldn't mind so much. I'd just go to her and ask her, do you love him? And look her square in the eyes. She couldn't fool me. But he might imagine he was and make a declaration with his plabbery kind of manner to her like he did to me, though I had the devil's own job to get it out of him. Though, I liked him for that. It showed he could hold in. It wasn't to be got for the asking. He was on the pop of asking me, too, the night in the kitchen I was rolling the potato cake. There's something I want to say to you. Only for I put him off, wetting I was in a temper with my hands and arms full of pasty flour. In any case, I went out too much the night before, talking of dreams, so I didn't want to let him know more than was good for him. She used to always be embracing me, Josie. Whenever he was there, meaning him, of course, glomming me over. And when I said I washed up and down as far as possible, asking me, did you wash possible? The women are always egging on to that, putting it on thick when he's there. They know by his sly eye blinking a bit, putting on the indifferent when they come out, with something the kind he is what spoils him. I don't wonder in the least, because he was very handsome at the time, trying to look like Lord Byron, I said I liked, though he was too beautiful for a man, and he was a little before we got engaged. Afterwards, though, she didn't like it so much. The day I was in fits of laughing with the giggles, I couldn't stop about all the hairpins flowing one after another with the massive hair I had. You're always in great humor, she said. Yes, because it gripped her, because she knew what it meant, because I used to tell her a good bit of what went on between us. Not all, but just enough to make her mouth water. But that wasn't my fault. She didn't darken the door much after we were married. I wonder what she's got like now after living with that dotty husband of hers. She had her face beginning to look drawn and run down the last time I saw her. She must have been just after a row with him because I saw on the moment she was edging to draw down a conversation about husbands and talk about him to run him down. 
What was it she told me? Oh, yes, that sometimes he used to go to bed with his muddy boots on when the maggot takes him. Just imagine having to get into bed with a thing like that. That might murder you any moment. What a man. Well, it's not the one way everyone goes mad. Paldy, anyway, whatever he does, always wipes his feet on the mat when he comes in, wet or shine, and always blacks his own boots, too. And always takes off his hat when he comes up in the street like that. And now he's going about in his slippers to look for a million pounds for a postcard. Up, up. Oh, sweetheart, May, wouldn't a thing like that simply bore you stiff to extinction? Actually too stupid even to take his boots off? Now what could you make of a man like that? I'd rather die 20 times over than marry another of their sex.